All right, welcome back to the program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. And Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about their financing options. Learn more at FountainTire.com. And really happy, excited to uh, welcome in our next guest to the Sports 1440 Studios, former NHLer, former Oiler, Al Hamilton. Hammy, thanks for coming in. Glad to be here, Kevin. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, this is going to be a, a lot of a lot of sweet stories to talk about, and we were just touching on one off uh, off mic here, and we mentioned it at the top of the show today in sports history. It happened today in 1980, 44 years ago, and it's funny. Al brought it up in the in the uh, commercial break. Wayne Gretzky had seven assists. In the Oilers' 8-2 victory over Washington at Northlands Coliseum. Al, what happened on the eighth possible assist here? <laughs> well, Gretz was obviously on fire and uh, in the third period. I threw, them, threw the puck up the middle to him, and he. by then they were so focused on him that, <laughs> that um, he could do just about anything he wanted getting the puck to other people. Anyways, he he got the puck in the end of the zone and everybody kind of slid that way and I snuck in from the back end. He threw the puck through a maze of legs. I'm 15 feet in front of the net and uh, I missed the net by 15 feet. <laughs> <laughs> he put it in his book. That was the only time I made his book, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the only time could have been the NHL record eight assists. So. Exactly. Yeah, Al Hamilton with us, and that was the first year that Wayne came. It was your last year with the Oilers organization um, after so many years, seven or eight in the WHA, and even it was the Alberta Oilers when you first started. But then in the NHL, what did you think when you saw this young guy, seventeen-year-old kid, come in to the dressing room first day or whatever? Well, he's a skinny little guy that you're going, hmm. Uh, but you'd heard such wonderful things about what he was able to do. And, and he played with us in the last year of the WHA. And uh, he had the, he was the most intuitive player I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. He, he, he would pick off passes. He would go to spots that intuitively, then the puck would land there. And when it got on his stick, he he was just so creative and and, uh, and deceptively fast, mm-hmm. and, and well, obviously a wonderful player. The records he set is is many of them will never be broken. Um, if you got a question or a comment for Al, send it our way one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll get to a few of them um, in a minute. When you came out of Junior Al, and you were with the Oil Kings. What do you remember about your time uh, that you spent here, I guess, in, you know, the early to mid-60s playing for the Oil Kings to start? Well, the Oil Kings were an absolute dynasty seven years in a row that the team went to the Memorial Cup. Uh, I came here in 63. They'd won, they'd won the, the Memorial Cup the year before in, in, uh, against Niagara Falls. And uh, I came from Flin Flon, mm-hmm. got here, and uh, I was told after two practices that I couldn't stay here because in those days there was no draft. It was protected areas, 
and I, as a 15-year-old, had played games in Flin Flon for the, for the Bombers in the Saskatchewan Junior League, and that was a New York property, and the Oil Kings were D- Detroit. So my mom and dad had brought me out, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is... The reason I got here was my brother played in Drumheller in the senior league that uh, the Oil Kings played in, and he uh, told them about me. So anyways, uh, Leo LeClaire was then the manager, and he said, kid, you're not going anywhere. He took my mom and dad and I out for dinner and wine and dined us, and uh, I mean, I'm from Flin Flon. I I thought I was in New York City. It was... Two hundred thousand people. <laughs> There's ten or fifteen in Flin Flon. Yeah. Anyways, he said you're not going anywhere. So he arranged for me to go and practice with the um, Canadian Olympic team, which was the first team time they had a uh, an actual team that they formed every year. Father David Bauer was uh, running that, mm-hmm. and I went and practiced with him for a couple of days. And so they arranged to make a trade, and I think they sent five or six guys to Flin Flon. <laughs> oh boy. Some of which probably never forgave me. Uh, funny, a little, little addition to that story is I'm playing golf one day with Brian Hesh. He was the president of Fountain Tire, and he says, you, you know, Al, uh, my wife hates you. And I said, well, why, why, would, why would she hate me? She's never met me. He says, you remember the name Billy Thompson? I said, yeah, he's one of the guys that went to Flin Flon. That was her boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So we we had a giggle about that. Mm. Anyways, we settled in, and and, uh, again, we had very good teams. First year, we went uh, to the Memorial Cup when I played. We went to Toronto and played the Marlies, and they they had taken the whole... Metro Toronto Junior League mm-hmm. and amalgamated into one team. So they had Swoop Carlton and Mike Walton and Jim McKenney and and a, a big uh, Al Smith as their yeah. goalie. And so we got beat four straight. And uh, that yeah, the next year uh, we played Niagara Falls here. And that was when they had all the, the famous Derek Sanderson mm-hmm. uh, goings on uh, in that series. Uh, it actually started with the Rosaire Paymont and I having a, a scrap uh, at center ice, and everybody was kind of circled around watching. And <laughs> Derek sucker punched Bobby Falkenberg yeah. in, in the ear and knocked him down. Well, then the riot was on, and they. They had the police out there, and oh God, it was it was mayhem. <laughs> and uh, a funny little side side story to that, but a couple of the guys that used to play and were back from pro, the visiting team had to go in the old gardens past the oiler dressing room. Mm-hmm. These guys got in the oiler dressing room, and Derek walked by after causing all this trouble, and he was walking by, and they pulled him into the room and smacked him around a bit. <laughs> uh, Greg uh, Pilling was involved in that, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, yeah, the ringleader. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, and I guess later that night, the, the police arrested Derek's dad, so he came from strong roots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Al Hamilton with us in the Sports 1440 uh, studios. Before you got to 
Edmonton here in uh, the early 70s with the WHA. A really, really good career in New York, in Buffalo. And it started in Omaha. And I wanted to ask you about the coaches that you played for because the the nicknames, I, I just, first of all, it's you got Freddie the Fog Shiro in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had Amo the Cat Francis. You had George Punch Imlac. You had Boom Boom Jeffrey on. Am I missing anyone now? No, I think the started out in, in Omaha. Yeah. And that was uh, most of the teams, if you're 1920, I was 19, so they, they sent you down to the, that league, and that was all the best prospects. Uh, Serge Savard and I tied for best defenseman in that league. He played for Houston. And uh, I think Rookie of the Year. Anyways, uh, yeah, we had uh, Freddie Shiro, and he was a a character. Um, Freddie used to wander the streets and go go in and vibe here and there and and, uh, and come up with famous stories of where he was the night before and where we're all kind of... mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, But a very... uh, in its own quiet way, very knowledgeable, and uh, guys loved him because he was as down to earth as he got, and, and, and he was a he was defended his guys, mm-hmm. and they like we like loved playing for him, and so it was a nice thing when he he got a break and went up to Philly, and, and they really uh, had an opportunity to uh, show what he was made of. And uh, when in New York, I, I didn't get a lot of traction there. I played as a fifth defenseman, back and forth. And uh, Emil Lacat was our was our uh, general manager and coach. And uh, Emil's a really good, fine person and pretty good coach. And, and then a couple of years later, he relinquished the coaching role and. We had played with Boomer the year before, and he became the coach. So uh, that was he was a very fiery mm-hmm. French Canadian that uh, that had had a great career as a player, and uh, so he came out. And the, the the funniest story I remember about Boomer was. Uh, Boomer used to know all the guys at Yonkers Raceway because they were all French Canadians. These guys were were uh, the drivers for for the harness racing, and uh, so Boomer would take the guys there, and they'd get a, he'd get some tips from these guys, and they'd have fun and go and play place a couple of dollars, and everybody was grinning, and everybody's happy. Well, the next year he ends up being our coach. So we're we're playing in this game one night, and, and I mean we have a bad first period. And he comes in, there's steam coming out of his ears. He comes into the dressing room, and expletives flying all over. And you guys, uh, you play like that for me, he said. No more tip at the track. <laughs> <laughs> no more tips what, at the track. What a good inspiration. <laughs> Message between periods. <laughs> no more tips at the track. Oh, boy. Well, we, we'll never forget that one. Um, uh, when you went to Buffalo, um, I want to get to the Oilers stuff here as well, but 
you have a young guy in Gilbert Perrault that is a real young guy as well. And you're, you know, not that you're that much older, but what did you see when you saw one of the, you know, one of the most uh, entertaining and offensive players of kind of that generation come into the NHL? Yeah, he was kind of a precursor to what the hockey, the way he skated, the way kids all seems to mm-hmm. skate now. He was a fabulous skater, really good person, lots of fun, and uh, and a great player. I was lucky there. I, uh, I had asked New York to move me if they weren't going to use me, and so I went first or, first or second in the draft to... Buffalo and uh, and so got to play with Gilbert and watch him develop and uh, he uh, he could do it all he could mm-hmm. dominate the game and uh, and we had a tremendous amount of fun he, he used to sing like Elvis in, mm-hmm. but in French and <laughs> lots of fun we had, we had a good team we were the best team out of the playoffs uh, that year in Buffalo. I remember the last game of the year we played against Philly, and uh, some nights against Philly, the safest thing on the ice was the puck, um, <laughs> because it was it was a war. <laughs> so we beat them. They needed to win that game to uh, get into the, the playoffs. We couldn't make the playoffs. We were a few points out. So, but we beat them. Well, sure enough, the next year the opening game is against Philly, and well, it, the fight started in the first period and whacking and hacking and and Bobby Clark grew up down the street from me. I said, "What the hell's the matter with you people? What's going on here?" <laughs> he says, "Well, you guys laughed at us when you when you beat us last <laughs> last year." Give it a rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, later on in that first game, Eddie Van Imp slapped the puck from the blue line, hits Bobby Clark in the ankle, and he comes turns and I've got Bobby Clark tied up in front of the net, and he's accusing me of two-handing him, and uh, I said, "You dumb son of a gun!" <laughs> and that was your own guy. No, it wasn't. Uh, he was arguing with me. Then he came, comes out after the after the first period. We get. Get into the phase of sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but um, his old guys were giggling at that oh. one. When the WHA came in to play, was it? Uh, and now you go. I could get come. I can come back to Alberta, play in Edmonton. NHL still going. You know, it's rival leagues. What was that experience like? Everything, life choices, everything for you, Al. Well, we. We were traditionally underpaid in, uh, in the NHL. I mean, my first year in New York, I think, I, in the National League, I made thirteen grand. The uh, they make that in one shift now. Um, the the we didn't have any rights in in uh, the first year in Buffalo. That's when Eagleson uh, rode in on his white horse and was going to save us, uh, and we. Uh, so the the players association was formed and i was one of the younger guys in buffalo we had a veteran team with, with phil goyette and a, a lot of donnie marshall and a bunch of older guys so they elected me to be the the player rep 
and which was not a good assi- assignment because Punch Him Luck was dead set against that ever happening. So I have to go in and tell him that I'm the new player rep, and he says, well, I have no problem with that as long as you don't bring it up with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just one little oh, thing. Oh, sure, yeah. that, that's, that'll work real well. <laughs> so it was always a fight to get to meal money on time and different yeah. things that he'd pull, but I got along with Punch pretty well. He uh, he really liked me, and he played the heck out of me, and I had two really good years in Buffalo. So the choice to to move basically was economics. You know, we uh, my son just, one of them found this program from the 1974 Canada Cup uh, Russia series, and you look at all the players that that had made the move over, and I look, I've got it on my phone, you know, Bobby Hull and... Wadey Stapleton and uh, the Howes and, and Frank Mahovlich, Jerry Cheevers, they were all on that team, and they all moved for the same reason. They, yeah. There was some money. Yeah. And for me, uh, I got a five-year contract personally guaranteed and uh, for a lot more money, and, and uh, I was coming home. To Edmonton was, was my home, so... So I made the jump, and I mean, it wasn't without some trepidation. <laughs> but this is this is a Bill Hunter promotion, <laughs> so he's calling the, the news conference to call the next news conference. Exactly, you're not really sure how this is all going to go, yeah. but it took the chance, and it turned out real well. Well, it turned out very well. Al Hamilton with us uh, on Sports 1440. So when you got here, what was it like to play in Edmonton in a new league? And, you know, the fans are, you know, they're just thirsting for it uh, in the WHA sense. And then for it to kind of get to the NHL, which you, I guess you could kind of see coming in your latter years here in Edmonton. Yeah, we, I mean, we played in the old gardens. Mm-hmm. And a nice big ice surface, but uh, I think if capacity was around five grand, and they'd be hanging from the rafters in the games there. And so, and some of the rinks that we played in were, uh, I remember the old, this, uh, it was it was a arena that was made uh, to be a cattle sales thing in Chicago, and the ice sounded hollow. And, you go to Cherry Hills, New Jersey, and you can feel swales in the ice, and you think it's <laughs> tilted. And uh, there was all sorts of things, and franchises <laughs> switching. And so it was an adventure, and it wasn't the Big Apple that. Uh, but there was promises that it was going to become the Big Apple, so we had to, had to hang on to that dream. Oh, boy. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. we got a bunch of texts coming in. i got to get to some of these questions. We're going to talk about your boys, talk about your health, uh, talk about the Al Hamilton Scholarship Awards. Uh, that's all coming up with Al Hamilton on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. We've got uh, former Oiler legend Al Hamilton the in the Sports 1440 studios. Text coming in. This one's from DC. Hi, Kevin. Awesome to see you having Al Hamilton on today. When I was about 12, 
years old back in the 80s. I met Al at a Sherwood Park Crusaders game. He was nice to me, talked about hockey, junior hockey, everything. Da, da, da. I even bought a 79 Opeachy Al Hamilton hockey card to the rink for him to sign. A couple of weeks ago, I was showing my two sons my old hockey cards, and sure enough, there was the signed card I told my boys about when I met Al. I thought it was a cool story. Thanks for that. Uh, that's Dave in Sherwood Park. So, And you were saying people still send you cards in the mail, and you give them a little quick... Quick, John Henry, and away we go. Yeah, I'm quite honored that they. It's been a long time since they played, obviously, and and uh, but they are. I think they have card clubs where they 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 notify each other who will sign. So every a couple of times a week, I'll get a letter from U.S., Canada. I've had them from Russia, Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. With the uh, with the cards enclosed in a self addressed envelope, and I sign them up and. And send them back. And uh, how long does that take me? Not very long, so I'm, I'm honored to do it. Uh, this one comes in uh, from Otwell Okotoks Euler. Does Al have any stories of Coach Ray Kanasevich? Uh, won the Memorial Cup there one of the, and first coach of the uh, Oilers. Uh, he says, in my mind, doesn't get enough credit in Edmonton hockey history. Your thoughts, Al? Absolutely. Um, the year we won the Memorial Cup in 1966, we started the year out with Billy Warwick was our coach. And after a few games, uh, he and Bill Hunter parted ways and, and Ray came in. And Ray took over our team and brought us together and was a good steady force all the way through. Uh, I loved playing for him. Uh, he. We played the heck out of me, and it was it was uh, pretty cool. That year, I got to go up to the Rangers for four games and and and, uh, and play. We got into the Memorial Cup, uh, beat out a good team in Estevan, and picked up a couple of guys, uh, Ross Lonsberry and and um, Don Cayley was the goalie, and I'm trying to think who else. Oh, Teddy Hodgson <laughs> and Ross Lonsberry. Anyways, we. Uh, we got to play Bobby Orr and Oshawa Generals in, in the final. Um, we won that series, but there is a little bit of a caveat to that. Uh, Bobby had a bad groin, <laughs> <laughs> so that helped immensely, let me tell you, because the first shot he took in that series, I think, was just over the red line, top shelf on, <laughs> on Smokey McLeod. Anyways, uh, in the last game, Ray... I don't. I think I got off the ice once in the third period. And I'd come off. No, I'm tired. I'm tired. He said, "No, you're not. You're fine." And so we ended up winning, which was everybody's dream in mm-hmm. hockey to win a Memorial Cup. And uh, he came on with us the next year, as in the first year with the Oilers. He and Glenn Hall were our coaches, and didn't have a lot to work with. Uh, we we had an okay team. Most of it was made up of ex-Oil Kings that they built, uh, recruited from various uh, pro leagues. So it, it was it was a start, and uh, he he just coached that that first year, and and uh, wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. I have nothing but respect for Ray. 
Al Hamilton with us uh, in the Sports 1440 studios. Uh, you did mention Bobby Orr, and Couldn't imagine what it was like playing against him when he was uh, healthy. Holy smokes. And we mentioned Connor McDavid yesterday when he reached 600 assists uh, in 616 games. Bobby Orr did it in 608, which leads us to our next question from Garth. Question for Al. Uh, hi, Al. Do you see any similarities between Gretzky and Connor McDavid? Well, uh, the biggest thing is their their innate ability to to uh, smell out where the play is going. I mean, they they great players have great intuition, mm-hmm. and uh, you you don't become a great player unless you have it. And those two have it in spades. Um, Wayne was. Uh, was a, it's a bit of a different era, obviously, because the game is faster now, and, and nobody plays it at a higher pace than Connor. So to compare them, they're uh, to me they're just two of the two of the best players to ever play. They both have that that uh, sixth sense that uh, puts them above everybody else. Plus, their skill level is. I mean, I'm I'm sitting there with my mouth open the other <laughs> night when he does. Is that backhand pass through legs and and right to a van Kane Kane, and, yeah. and, uh, and and that's a with them and with those great players it, that's a regular occurrence and and we are truly blessed here to be to have guys of that caliber be Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friends, family, health, obviously most important with um, everyone. So let's first start start with you, Alan, and your health. And we've talked about it, uh, you know, we talk about it every time I kind of see you. And, yeah. and uh, you're plugging along here, just kind of let everybody know uh, how you've been doing here in the last bit. Doing pretty good. We, um, we had a bit of a heart issue, probably brought on by COVID. Uh, and, but it's stabilized and... Um, I've had 25 surgeries or more over the years on my injured eyes and, and different things. Uh, I've been so blessed to, to get through them and have great doctors. And yesterday I'm in getting my check on cancer. I had a few years ago, and and it's it's fine. It's been no reoccurrences there. So I count my blessings. I'll yeah. tell you and. and uh, I enjoy life and, and hope the heck I can carry on for a long time. Well, I, I mean, you're looking great and, and, and sounding good and feeling good, and that's the most important part. And uh, All the boys, I guess, you know, I guess I was kind of, I, I interviewed probably Steve the most, I guess, over the years, but sort of kind of got closer to Andrew more so in the last couple of years, I guess, just from playing hockey with him. But uh, where are all the boys? What are they doing? Just let our listeners know on that. Well, Steve's in in Cal- uh, Calgary with the Hitmen, and uh, they get the youngest team in the league. But they they're hanging in there, looking for a playoff spot. And actually, he's got some a good future uh, with that squad. This is the this is the last year of his contract there. So who, who knows in hockey? Uh, this is the most stable <laughs> job in the world. So. <laughs> We'll we'll see what happens there. He's a good coach and has done very well and had some good success with the Oil Kings and the Hitman. And uh, Andrews in, went down and played a little bit of hockey in in Adelaide in the Australian Hockey League and and had some fun there and yeah. realized that you know I'm 
33, it might be a good idea if I get on with life. (laughs) (laughs) And his twin brother, Brett, is doing well, and my girls are both well with, got eight grandchildren, five kids. And almost uh, one too many to hang up a seat at the table. (laughs) (laughs) And also... uh, I guess when you were when you put your roots down here, and then everyone uh, said, you know, here Al's one of the top guys in town. Like he's just, you know, if you ever meet him, he, he's just a true gentleman. And then you end up getting, you know, companies want to work with you, like like Driving Force, like uh, Quick Card, and just can you kind of touch on that relationship that you had post kind of hockey here in Edmonton? Yeah, it it was an adventure. Uh, I was never out of work. I I was in real estate for a few years and was uh, in charge of a distribution, sporting goods distribution company for a while. I was in the golf course business. We we built the ranch and the petroleum club. Then I ended up being... uh, uh, selling the advertisement and and promotion for Big Valley Jamboree when it first started here wow. in Alberta and, and and at that time Saskatchewan was going too. So I did that for two or three years and, and that led me to meeting these guys getting them involved, Lyle Best at Quickard mm-hmm. and Jeff Polovic over at the driving force. So I all these years later, I'm uh, I still am an ambassador and and do some uh, customer relations with Driving Force, which keeps my marriage together and <laughs> and uh, makes uh, and it's fun and they're they've treated me so well. So it's it's been uh, I like people, I like Edmonton. Uh, I've been truly blessed. I've I've had a wonderful life. I didn't know that you were uh, involved with the ranch and the Pete Club. What's that all about? Well, I was, uh, I had worked for the Oilers for one year selling, and when they were down, uh, down to 6,000 season tickets, and I worked there for a year. And then the opportunity came up uh, through a friend, said, I have a guy that's been in the business. He is now, he just built the, the uh, golf course at Enoch, um, and he wants to get, expand his business, and he needs a front man like you. Hmm. So we got together, and, and uh, so my job was putting the investors together and kind of in r- arranging that. Uh, we did projects in Olds. There's there was one. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a little par three that was south of uh, uh, in Millwoods uh, Town Center. It's now all residential, but, mm. but the Pete Club was big. We had Mark McCumber come in and, and uh, do, yeah. do the design on that. Uh, it was fun. We and it's so the same investors are, are there, and, and uh, all this led to me, as I said, becoming involved with Driving Force and yeah. and these other companies. So. Um, it's, it's been a good ride. I, I wish you would have helped me out with the whole five at the ranch. It's kind of, you know, I'm not too happy with how I go down in the pit there every time. <laughs> alone, no, no. <laughs> and then uh, the one thing I also wanted to touch is is the Al Hamilton Scholarship Award. So you, th- how long have we been going at this for this now? 
They did that in 2001. They they said they weren't going to hang my actually hang my number up until Gretzky had retired and and so uh, they had a ceremony again. Mm-hmm. They had one when I had it done, and then they had another one in 2001. And so the players uh, are are uh, alumni as. Uh, gift to me and the Oilers they they uh, appointed uh, the, or made the Al Hamilton scholarship mm-hmm. and with that scholarship it's the kids in northern Alberta from Red Deer North that uh, are pursuing post-secondary education and we look at character need uh, athletics uh, and obviously their their uh, scholastic standing. Mm-hmm. So that's been going since 2001. Wow. And we give out uh, 2,000 a year to each, each recipient so for four years. For four, yeah. So it's, there's been a lot of money going back into the community, and, and some of them have... Most of them have turned out pretty darn well. Yeah. So uh, 2024 applications open in May. Any interested applicants uh, just to prepare a short little essay that they believe they they, uh, deserve the Al Hamilton Scholarship Award. And uh, you can uh, check out the alumni relations for the Oilers for that. And, they, uh, they, will, they will post that. They post that every year. Yeah, coming so up in May, a right? Form you can fill out yeah. and, and all the other pertinent information. So, yeah. well, I had a blast, Al. Kind of going down memory lane here today, and I mean, every time we bump into each other, you know, someone tells an old story. Hey, do you remember that time and whatever? And you know, <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many good ones, isn't there? There absolutely is. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been a great ride. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I was lucky enough to come back here. That was a blessing in itself, and 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 get involved. And we had my tournament raised a lot of money. I was mm-hmm. a, the alumni for eight or ten years as president. So it, it, the community enjoy, uh, involvement has been important. And hey, it's a good life. Yeah, you've been wonderful, just absolutely wonderful, a stalwart uh, in the community. We're so lucky to have you. Thanks, Al, for coming in today. Thanks, Kev. I really appreciate you having me. All right, that's uh, Al Hamilton on Sports 1440. And our uh, puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, head to FountainTire.com, check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, get to a few more of your uh, texts and see how the Dukes game went last night once again. Another loss for the Tropicana Orange Band. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. That was a lot of fun, huh, Duke? I mean, he's got some... The line about, you know, when they're playing Philadelphia, you know, here, here's a puck that can, can knock teeth out. It can break guys' arms, faces, you know, and it's going 100 miles an hour. And he goes, yeah, playing Philly, the puck was the safest thing on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> you know... That's just awesome. Um, a text comes in from Doug again. Uh, I first bought season tickets for uh, the Alberta Oilers in 1974. Uh, Al was one of my favorite players to watch. WHL played the Russians. I swear to this day, touch of luck, they should have beaten the Russians. Uh, years later, I made, met Al's son, Steve, when he was coaching the Oil Kings at the ranch golf course. So I went on and explained that Al had a hand in designing that course, and we got to that too. I was really glad that Al uh, got involved uh, with areas outside of hockey. And then again, re- um, being a part of uh, the community is so important uh, to Al and uh, being front row and center and so many things in the sense of uh, uh, 
you know, community involvement, uh, charities, raising funds, uh, things like that. Uh, Oilers in action tonight in uh, St. Louis, and the lines are just a tad little different. Uh, several guys reporting that uh, that are on the road with them, and Bob Stoffer, Tony Brar. Um, Paige Martin, a whole bunch that follow the team on the road. Dylan Holloway is now in the top six with uh, Kane and Drysaddle. Uh, the top line stays the same. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman. So it's Kane, Drysaddle, and Holloway. So Perry moves down with McLeod and Fogel. That's kind of how the game against Detroit ended. So a similar three lines there. But Janmark draws back in after game out. Uh, Sam Gagne will likely sit this one out. So it'll be Janmark, Ryan, and Brown on the fourth line. And then uh, Nurse and CeCe, Eckelman, Bouchard, Kulak, and DeHarnay. Stu Skinner will get the start in goal. So that would be what we were looking at for tonight's game in St. Louis. Also want to keep uh, give you a notice about our big watch party. That's next Saturday, uh, the Battle of Alberta watch party. Uh, myself and the Duke will be down there at Century Sports Bar and Lounge at Century Casino on Fort Road. It's a 8 o'clock start between the Oilers and the Flames. But get there early. Get there between 5 and 7. Um, well, get there at 5 because you'll have a better opportunity to win. You'll enter to win two tickets to that night's game. And they will pick up your sports bar tab. So you can't ask for something better than that. 7 o'clock will make the draw. you uh, whisk uh, your way over to uh, to Roger's Place and check out the Flames and the Oilers. Uh, then we'll uh, empty the draw barrel. We'll have a bun- bunch of other draws uh, after the course of the evening during the game. Uh, Century Casino and Sports 1440. There'll be uh, game day food, beverage specials, the whole kitten caboodle. The Duke, what do you think? So Holloway, Drysaddle, Kane starting at, uh, that's how the game ended against Detroit. So not much of a surprise in the sense that there are a couple of changes. And then Matthias Janmark draws back in for Sam Gagne. You didn't think that would last long him in the press box. But your thoughts on, uh, I think Holloway, that's the bigger one. And we, we've been discussing Holloway a lot here the last couple of days. And if he can continue to generate... I mean, maybe this is a piece of the puzzle here that the Oilers don't even need to look at on the second line right wing. Oh, 100%, Kevin. And I mean, like we saw this this third line with uh, McLeod, Holloway, and Fogel. Like they can all skate 100 miles an hour, but sometimes not really with a lot of purpose in their skating, kind of just skating fast to do so. I found it at points of that game against Detroit because they, they have the... Uh, opportunity to generate, but just can't really I don't mm-hmm. know, make much of it, I guess. So moving uh, a little more foot speed up to that second line uh, in Dylan Holloway, I think prevents a huge opportunity for him, like you just said. I mean, um, if you can, you don't necessarily have to, you know, light the world on fire and stick there permanently, but prove that you're capable of playing up there and, and maybe show a little bit of finish um, alongside, uh, of course, the the elite playmaker that is Leon Dreisaitl and maybe use your your speed and your frame to, to generate some stuff on the forecheck, then it bodes well for the team and, of, of course, bodes well for him as an individual. So I was I was actually just kind of, as we lead into a fantasy frenzy here at the top of the hour, starting to take a look at what my my daily, um, daily fantasy lineup yeah. might look like for today, and he was kind of piecing some stuff, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of Oilers I want to steer towards, but uh, Dylan Holloway is a really inexpensive. What would his price be? On uh, that? Uh, inexpensive choice. Um, it, it's cheap, but I think it was just over like right there, the cheapest possible option, like at twenty five hundred bucks or maybe just above. I, I just scrolled past it. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, him on the second line looks like it's a you know a viable option to uh, you can chunk a few more change uh, up to the top of your lineup and and spend a little less on a guy like Holloway with new opportunity. 
So that's a, that's a decent price for your uh, the fantasy daily. Uh, oh God, yeah. So and again, when anytime you're playing with Leon, you never know. Leon goes off, gets a, a handful of points. And you know what's funny? And uh, there's another stat we'd have to probably take a deeper dive. When Leon has a big game and Connor doesn't, it seemed the next game. Connor would have a big game. So here's Connor with six points. And then Leon, at times this year, when Connor has a big one, Leon follows it up. Mm-hmm. So, it, well, how many teams can really say that they, yeah, they tell well, a exactly. two headed monster like the Oilers do? And a lot of teams have two good players, but the thing is, they're usually playing like a centerman mm-hmm. and a winger, Ranton and McKinnon, um, you know, Trocek and Panarin. They've been great this year in New York and not on the same level. I, I'm not saying that, but they often are, are kind of sh- riding shotgun with each mm-hmm. other, right? The Oilers have the benefit of stacking their lineup that one of them can come out over the boards after another when you're chasing a goal late. And then if need be, you throw them up on the same line in, in dire situations. So, yeah, the, it's, the Oilers are spoiled, obviously, with having those two two world-class talents uh, up front. And they, they they strive to make each other better better on a night-to-night basis. Text coming in, one 1440 Pillman says, put Brown in the box. Great show, gents. I'll be honest, Kevin. Uh, this this news that Gagne is sitting uh, to bring Yanmark in back in a little surprising. I, right, you I thought he'd get at a couple. This, at this point, I think it uh, kind of deserves to basically be a three man rotation for that final spot in the lineup. So you're surprised that it was only one game that Gagne got. That Gagne got in, and if he was going to uh, like if Yanmark to come back in, like sit Connor Brown mm-hmm. because once again <laughs> we beat this horse to death. What has he done they're outside the of his? Out, they're they're yeah. the same player. Offensive production. Next to nothing and nothing. As I said last year, Janmark was harder to play against than he has been this year. Yeah, I, okay. I agree. So Connor Brown, we've seen, and again, I remember that that one shift against Detroit. He got bounced off the puck in the corner, couldn't regain his balance, and was kind of lost for about 10, 12 seconds in the corner when there was some engagement with a couple of Red Wings. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Connor Brown has an average game tonight doesn't do much he could be sitting out to, uh on saturday in dallas and here the jason just texted this in pk hurting without Yanmark. fair i mean it was just one game obviously yeah. but he he is one of their best penalty killers um and they did they go over on the night or they they got a kill late they did get that a kill turn yeah. it into one for four on the night i think well they had two power play goals so detroit had two power play goals okay. remember so they had the one on debrinket that came that one timer full cross ice, and yeah. then sprong went hard to the net early right. and that was right off the draw pretty well hard to the net and uh volano um, punched it in correct so they had a couple power play goals the oilers pk unit has fallen off a little bit it's now ranked 13th yeah remember it was as high as in the top five yeah and i know we're talking little decimal points here 0.9 whatever but it's 80.9 percent uh oilers power play didn't get any power play opportunities jumped up a spot because toronto uh mishandled a couple of uh opportunities so oilers third on the power play uh st louis not very good Special teams. Uh, Blues power play ranked 23rd, 16.9, and 79.6, 18th uh, for the power play. So, busy show. It was good. I'll tell you what, Kev, that was a busy show, and that was a great one. Between, uh, you know, a, a, a little bit more open time with Laddie today, which, you know, we don't yeah. often have that opportunity to kind of go back to back and stuff, but the way the show fleshed out, it, it was great uh, talking everything from his thoughts on the Riley thing mm-hmm. to his uh, his takeaways from the Oilers 
play as of late. Ranch um, dressing. Yeah, ranch dressing, <laughs> of course, as always, the, the food stuff gets Laddie going. So it was, yeah, start, starting off with that great chat with um, Wilner from down in mm-hmm. Florida, Jay's uh, pitchers and catchers reporting, of course, yep. all the way down to, to Al just leaving the studio right now. It's pretty well rock solid. Glenn just texting, hey, where's that party with the Oilers and Flames game? So it's on the 24th. It's at Century Casino on Fort, Ra- Fort Road. We'll see you down there. The Duke and I will be down. Low tide will probably come. Oh, t- tide I mean, was the last one. You got to yeah. stop by for a bite to eat. Uh, last why time, wouldn't he? Last time LT and I had the prime rib. That was kind of the, the special of the night. I'm not yeah. sure if it will be again, but it was really good. Remember SKS, the salesman. 16 pounds of ribs they, and wings. Yeah, They call it the bucket of bones, I think. <laughs> it's just this literal pail, tin pail of uh, dry ribs and wings. His cholesterol <laughs> blood pressure was through the roof. His, his, he even looked red when he was leaving. <laughs> Uh, thanks to all our, our guests today. Uh, as the Duke mentioned, Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star Deep Left Field. The pitchers, catchers reported yesterday in Dunedin for the Jays. Uh, all players next week. So uh, really looking forward to baseball season getting uh, upon us and right around the corner. Uh, Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli in the 8 o'clock hour. We had Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic uh, to uh, check in with the game of the day for St. Albert Dodge and uh, the Oilers and Blues tonight. And then Al Hamilton. Great couple of segments with the, the former Oiler great uh, number Number three jersey retired at Rogers Place. And, of course, our co-host every Thursday, Ladislav Schmid. We will be back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7 o'clock, 80 Steel. We'll probably break down a little more of the CFL free agency with Eddie tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. But uh, thanks so much for uh, everyone listening today. Coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Roshep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. At uh, 12 o'clock, it will be the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. Till 2, that's when Jason Greger drives us home with the Jason Greger Show. Till 6 o'clock right here on Sports 1440. Uh, once again, thanks uh, for everybody listening today uh, on all of our platforms and on the 1440 AM dial. And uh, we'll check in with you tomorrow once again at 7 o'clock. Top of the hour, Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is the Duke.